welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the episode we have all been waiting for. The 109th Grey Cup is kicking off this Sunday in Saskatchewan, and we are going to tell you everything you need to know so that you feel confident and prepared going into it. This week, the three of us, myself, Matt, Tyler, Peter, even though he is possibly going to become the Preds king this weekend, uh, is still too No, he short. is the Preds king. Oh, Peter is the Preds king? <laughs> Peter's on top by a game. Tyler can tie. Can tie? Oh, my God. Well, you can't be a king if somebody's tied with you, so... What, what what do we call it this season? Are we going to do so a tiebreaker? Yeah, what do we do? Last year, uh, the tiebreaker was Grey Cup score. Oh, gosh. Oh, my. To think that we had a full season and playoffs and that we could be sitting here at the end of the season and we need to go to the tiebreaker is bananas. Parody. League of Parody, people. We'll, we'll get into the Grey Cup. Pre- it's always the League of par- Parody. We'll get into the Grey Cup. Preds to finish the show. This is what the show is going to look like this week. Segment one, we're going to be talking about Bo Levi Mitchell. He has been traded to the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Then we're going to give some homework to the eliminated teams from this weekend's uh, semifinal games. Finally, we're going to predict the CFL awards coming up this weekend before the Grey Cup. And then you know how it always ends. Grey Cup prediction. We're going to give you a player to watch, a storyline to watch. It's going to be a lot of good action. Boys, let's kick it right off with the biggest news of the week, maybe even bigger than the game itself. Bo Levi Mitchell is no longer a Calgary Stampeder. We knew he'd be leaving in free agency, but the Ticats made a splash before that. They traded a third-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and then some... Conditional assets, depending on whether or not Bo, re- Bo signs with the Ticats in free agency. Um, what was your initial reaction when you saw this news come across the wire? Holy smokes. Initial reaction. Yeah, initial reaction is um, desperation from the Ticats. Oh, Ooh, yeah. They were quick. It stinks. It stinks. It of stinks. Of desperation. I think it's, and it also, to, I, I, not my initial reaction, but a later reaction was, it seems like the Rough Riders were much closer, like much, a much more of a sure bet to land Bo than even we thought. I mean, we all thought that, that Saskatchewan was a likely destination, but a play like this for um, the Ticats to trade away uh, fourth rounder third, next third year, fifth, fifth rounder. Um, in the year after, and then obviously the conditional based on if if both signs, um, you know that's that that's like okay w- they said we we have assets we need some we need something and that exclusive window to negotiate is um, in their minds I guess sufficient to woo him but I really I my prediction is that. Bo Levi Mitchell will be the Saskatchewan Rough Rider starting quarterback. So interesting. So let's talk about that. So <laughs> there's been a few different things tweeted uh, in terms of the likelihood that Bo signs with the Ticats. Dave Naylor, he is much more in the party of Bo is going to be a Ticat next year. In his mind, they would not have traded for him unless there were certain assurances 
unless they thought they were going to have the inside track on him. Uh, Farhan Lalji tweeted uh, that he sees it as no deal imminent. And then Bo himself talked about the fact that he is going to hit free agency. He will field other offers. So a few different lines of thinking coming in. So Matt, you fall under the impression that he's going to entertain all offers and Scatch will still come in with the big one that lures him uh, to the prairie. Yeah, it just seems like... Let me see here. Interesting. Yeah. Because I am... I kind of believe, and just like history has shown us, I think Dave Naylor is probably a little more... I, I agree with that line of thinking. I don't think Hamilton would have traded away assets unless they were prepared to give him the biggest offer. So I think not only do they want the initial offer uh, and that initial um, negotiation, but I think they're probably prepared to give him the best offer. Otherwise, they wouldn't have tried to get themselves in that position, is my interpretation of the situation. But Tyler, how do you feel about this? I think he'd be smart to go to the East because the competition is not as stringent. I think he. Are you saying East is least? I'm saying East is. I'm saying in, in Canada possibly for the CFL. Um, <laughs> the East Coast. The, the East Coast kicks the West Coast ass all day of the week, every day. But that's just the way it is. Um, no, I, I think it'd be smart for him to go to the East. Um, I think Saskatchewan has coaching questions. They have uh, culture questions. Um, I think I think they're looking for they're looking for a leader on both teams. To be honest with you, uh, that can stay on the field and play well. Uh, but I just think he Hamilton is a better option for him um, in the you know the twilight of his career. I don't think that staying in the West and having to play against this Winnipeg defense three times a season is uh, is good for is good for one's health. So um, I think if if Bo wants to uh, have a cushier time of it, I think he should just go to Hamilton. Um, that's just my opinion. So you think what he should do? What do you think he will do? Uh, he'll play. He'll go to Saskatchewan because he's got an axe to grind, and he'll want to play. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll he'll want to play Calgary three times per season. At the expense of shrewdness. Yeah, I like the shrewdness of the move from from Hamilton because. Yes. I really, I, and I, I think it just, like I said, it, it just lays it bare that they didn't have a shot at picking him up in free agency. Um, this at least says to Bo what they're, you know, they're willing to make him their guy. Um, it, it's a, I mean, it's a really unfortunate situation. I guess we'll, we'll we can get to it later, but I feel awful for Dane Evans. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, the, it happens all the time. You know, um, I think the the other Evans had the opportunity this year um, to be the guy, and then you know they said, "Here are the reins," and it just doesn't work out. You really only get one shot at being the guy, so it's it's an unfortunate situation. Do not miss your chance him. to blow. This opportunity comes once in a while. It's really really like the, this was the opportunity you were. You know, we all believe that Jeremiah Masoli uh, is a top five CFL quarterback, um, yes. and you know, for Hamilton to say to Dane, you know, you're the younger guy, and we want to see a future with you, and then here you go. 
you know, let, let's see what, you know, take us to a gray cup and then to go, you know, six and 12. That's killer. Not good. And I that think kills the, you. the Evans angle is so interesting because, um, Marshall Ferguson uh, of TSN said something interesting and he said, you know, with a league so small, every single move like this is personal. Like, so with the tie cats now, again, I feel they will sign Bo, but if they don't sign Bo, I don't think it's as simple as going, turning to Dane Evans and saying, well, that didn't work out, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's run it back. Like, let's get ready to roll. Like well, there if, is if, scorn. There, there is. There, I mean, what a if they don't sign Bo? There's only one thing that can happen, which is what? Which is Fajardo? Gosh, no, I would say Schultz what? would be the. No way. But, but, I, have a, no, I have a. I have a question. Why would they give? Why a, would they a, hand a, it over I, to Schultz? I have a. I have a question. No, because but I. I, I the I point is, is that I think that. Let yeah, you, you can let me speak. God, we have a, we talk, we can talk for however long we want. Yeah, there's no time limits. But we don't I don't have to go to commercial anytime soon. I'm, I'm interested to see how. Because uh, I I don't know. I think especially when you consider that there are going to be other starting jobs up for grabs. Saskatchewan. Um, we'll talk about this a little bit, but obviously Nathan B- BC. Getting, exactly, Nathan Rourke's getting ready to do. A bunch of NFL workouts. Now, Vernon Adams is under contract there, but I would be shocked if BC didn't bring somebody else in. Edmonton. So there's at least three jobs that are up in the air there. Um, And I feel like Dane, I I, I can't imagine he wants to be a backup, uh, even if it's to a a guy in Bo who maybe you see a a route to the field. But the whole thing is very, very interesting to me. And I just didn't yeah. see it coming. I, I, I thought it was going to be Dane, Rough Riders all the way. You know, I don't even, what could Hamilton even do with him? They can't have his contract. They can't keep his contract. I mean, no, they, they, they just release him. Yeah. And be then a what? Free agent. Like he's going to take, you know, he's got to take a 50% pay cut to stay in Hamilton. Yeah, I, that's why I think that's done. I think that's right. done. Right. I think whether they sign, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any. World sign where, him or not, I think it's done. Yeah, where Dane Evans suits up in, in black and gold for another year. Yeah, I mean, he's been it's a move like this. And again, like, I don't, I, I liked Ferguson's interpretation, it is personal. Uh, obviously, they're not saying he's a bad guy, but the, it, the message has been sent that he is not their option going to the future. Um, and so, yeah, we'll see how that's going to go. Tyler, you had a question. Uh, it, it was about uh, what the contract was for VA and if he was uh, going to be on BC next season or if we thought they were committed to, to VA if Nathan Rourke leaves. So VA is not a free agent. Um, and I'll talk about, we'll talk about that a little bit. Maybe, or maybe we won't, maybe we will. You'll have to listen uh, in our homework for eliminated teams. But um, VA is under, according to three down nation, VA is under contract, um, for the BC lions, uh, next year. So, uh, they'll at least have him as an option. But like I said, a few episodes ago, I think VA, I, I would be shocked if they didn't bring in legitimate starting competition for VA. That's just my interpretation of the situation uh, as of, and I say that as a big VA guy, um, but any final words on this bow news before we move on? Any final hot takes on this reaction? 
yeah, it's for us as CFL content and creators and CFL watchers. This is actually almost more interesting than the Grey Cup. I'm like sad the season is ending. So, so I'm almost a little got a little bit of an eye on next season already. Um, so yeah, this is this is big news. Yeah, CFL free agency is the best free agency in the world. I almost get a little angry, like uh, Mario Alford re-signed with the uh, Riders today. I almost get a little bit heated when players re-sign preemptively. I'm like, no, no, no. I want all of it in one week's time. Pure insanity. <laughs> Don't spread it out at all. Uh, but yeah, this bow stuff did get me a little bit in the mood for that uh, off-season free agency action. Matt, what about yourself? Final word. Uh, just uh, bow nose. Bow nose. Mm. You leave it at that? I'll leave it at that. I like it. Okay. Let's get on to giving eliminated teams homework. We did this last week. Uh, we heard great feedback from the coaching staff and management teams of the of the Stampeders and the Tiger Cats. Uh, they're definitely going to follow our, our our advice on that. So, with that being said, we've got to help out the Alouettes and the Lions. We'll start with Montreal. Uh, they fell to the Toronto Argonauts by a score of twenty-seven to thirty-four. This past week, um, they got down big early. Uh, I predicted the exact opposite would, hap- would happen. I was wrong. And now the Alouettes are staring down an offseason and a couple questions. So I'll throw it to Matt first. Matt, what do the Alouettes need to do this offseason? Would I be sealing everyone's thunder if I said that they needed to work on discipline? Uh, no, but I... I <laughs> I, the message is heard. G- give yeah. me, tell me yeah. why. Tell me, uh, you know, uh, as we were talking about, uh, they had uh, as three or four. No, sorry, as three defensive penalties for thirty-nine yards, um, and one that that cost them the game. Uh, and you know, I mean, it's a far cry from the eleven penalties for a hundred and hundred plus yards that was early in the season. Um, but if you look at um, a team like uh, uh, Winnipeg in their game against the, the Lions, zero defensive penalties. It's which is kind of impossible. It, it's 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 incredibly impressive their job. to play so well on <laughs> defense and also to not commit any sort of you know and to play so aggressively yes. and not commit any sort of off, any offsides. You know, you're jumping the line, any sort of pass interference, just nothing. That's pretty filthy. Pretty filthy. So. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know enough. I'll say I know something. I don't know enough to say that there needs to be some sort of change. Um, but I think it's clear that uh, even if Danny Machocha stays on as the head core or the offensive coordinator, um, he's you know, out. By the way, he's out in terms of he he has pledged that he will oh. only be the GM next year. There well, will be I mean, a new coach in Montreal. Okay, all right. He's pledged that. <laughs> this guy going to last more than four games? He has uh, pl- yeah. Whatever well, happens until he the, fires that guy, yes. Whatever happens on the offensive side, um, I, I don't think there needs to be a change, um, yes. but there needs to be some, some serious work done uh, with the defensive squad in terms of discipline. I like the way you said you don't know. I don't know much. But I know you shouldn't commit a face mask penalty uh, on second and 11 
with a minute left in the game when Toronto's just trying to run the ball out and they're yep. not actually playing aggressively. Yep. That would be my yep. advice. That, that is an astute. I, I, I completely agree how frustrating that was all year with those guys. Tyler, Can't. what about yourself? Uh, for me, it's to get a year of actually like n- not sh- major changes. They found their, to me, they found their quarterback in Trevor Harris. Um, that was the question that the big question hanging over the team this season is who would be the starting quarterback. Um, it kind of sorted itself out. And I think Harris played really, really great down the stretch and he actually played very well in this game. Um, so I think it's don't, don't rock the boat too much. Um, this game was there for the taking. So don't, my, my would be don't overreact. You have Tyson Philpott uh, this season really emerged, especially towards the end that, you know, this is your, this is your second option with Wynicky falling off. Get, 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 get a third receiver. If Wynicky's that guy, great. If not, go find one. Um, but just, yes. <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting. It's, it's, no, I it's, like that. I'm gonna... It's a weird one. It's it's yeah, This season was a season of sort of like people who is deciding who is going to lead this team moving forward. Um, they've got a solid base. Again, they they lost by a touchdown on the road, and and really, if the penalties were cleaned up, they could have could have won this game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they didn't even have that many penalties. They only had five for fifty yards. I mean, it wasn't even that bad. They were costly. They were costly. They were timely. Um, sort of like Texas's penalties against TCU were like they didn't have that many, but they were costly when they had them. So, yeah, it's tough because they played they played pretty well actually, um, and they and and. They played really well down the stretch, so it's almost like don't change too much. So it's a weird one with Montreal. I, I actually don't want them to to rock the boat too hard. Um, maybe maybe go out and sign um, another another strong DB. Yep. Um, but I like I mean, that though consistency. Yeah. Consistency, yeah. This this is not a, there are teams like Saskatchewan where they really need to 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 think about what they're doing and change a lot of things. But there are teams like Montreal which are are close and I've got, I think they're better. It's weird. They, they crashed out in the same game last season, but I feel better about them this season. Way better. So, Way better. so fair, don't, they don't, not, they did not play in the Eastern final. Oh, sorry season. about that. Don't, don't chuck out the, pro, the progress that's being made. Um, also, I like that. A, a full year of the, uh, Fletcher stand back backfield. Yes. Pretty, yeah, pretty exactly. Stand, stand back's best game since he came back by far. Um, Yes. Yeah, don't don't forget that. Yeah, we cannot forget that they missed an entire season of Willie Stanback and had him playing at sort of seventy five percent at the end of the season. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, interesting. So, I wanna I wanna go back to you, Tyler, because my thing for them to work on was find a second option behind Geno Lewis. But you said that you think Phil Pot is that second option. You think they've already found him. Is that correct? Yeah, I think Tyson Philpott could be that guy. I think he could be. Obviously, he had an incredible Eastern semi uh, or Eastern final. Eight receptions on eight targets, 127 yards, and a touchdown. But I would like to highlight it's quite, that he's quite, quite young, too. He's only 22. The old, that is his first 100-yard game of his career. And I know they kind of didn't weren't sure exactly how to use him. But, but that's my thing is Gino had almost double the amount of targets as the person uh, below him, which was Reggie White Jr. Can I get a um, you were right about Toronto, but kind of bottling up Gino a little bit? You were right about Toronto. Yeah, you were right about of, Toronto. 
bottle up Gene a little bit. We have to ask ourselves about Tyson Philpot. Is he him? <laughs> he could, he's, well, he's really he's, him. he's really young. That's why Tyson Gino Philpot. Tyson Philpot really has, uh, I think, can emerge. He's only 22 years old. Yes. Um, and like, I think Reggie White Jr., who was their second leading receiver yardage-wise, he was really solid this year. Obviously, a late-season injury knocked him out for the playoffs in the last few weeks. Um, I think what I, why I bring this up is because I think going into this year, they, I would think, had, the, had their second option. It was Jake Wieneke. Like, that was done and dusted. Dude was so coming bad. off a spectacular so 2021. Uh, and then he definitely, uh, I would say, came up short, had an underwhelming year. Certainly, I don't think it would have lived up to his expectations. Um, and so that door is now a little bit more open for the uh, second second option. And so they need to find that. Because I think working, like I said, that you've got that stand back uh, and Fletcher backfield, which I think the more they utilize that, uh, the more uh, that could do damage. And then I agree with Tyler. I think Trevor Harris is the guy going forward. He's definitely got at least another year in him, and I wouldn't worry about things too much. Uh, but find a strong second option behind Geno, um, and I think they'll be they'll be a lot better off. Would be would be my recommendation for them to work on, whether that's through free agency or just developing the guys you've got in house because they do have good options in house. Find that guy, even up the distribution. Tyson um, Philpot also a pretty sick returner. I didn't I didn't dude, realize like looking at his brother stats, are ballers, man. He's, I'm excited he's... for one day for them to go up against each other for MOC. Oh, I love you, it. You already know the CFL is planning this. Yeah, so, a lot of... The fact that Dalton Schoen was really good and um, Jalen was hurt a little bit so they couldn't do Philpot Philpot for Rookie of the Year, I think was ruined their plans. Uh, but we'll get the MOC battle someday. All right, any final words on our friends, the Alouettes, before we send them off to the long off season? I take that as a no. I miss. I, I listen. I I really enjoyed the the Alouettes this season. Um, I think that they we we trashed them for firing the coach at the beginning of the year. Um, we even maybe at one point disagreed that, uh, who should be the starter, but they ended up making a lot of decisions that that panned out for them, and they seem to have a good a good core of players. So we were wrong a little bit about the Alouettes. I think at the beginning of the year, I think everything sort of panned out. Um, would have been a good game with them in the in the championship, but it's that's all right. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I, obviously, I picked the Alouettes, and so I would have loved for them to win. But at the end, I think I think I, I will say it was ironic how the Alouettes' downfall against the Argos specifically was that they simply couldn't score touchdowns on Sunday. And they just kept kicking field goal after field goal. I mean, you're playing in an Eastern final. And uh, David Cote, how many field goals did he kick? Uh, four. Mm-hmm. Four field goals. I think there was like, f- I think four, and they were all within 27 yards. Uh, or the ball was on the 27-yard line. Uh, that's really bad. Yeah, so that was interesting going up against the Argos, who, of course, we all know, uh, don't like to score touchdowns all that often. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting that that was the except downfall. For, of the Alouette. Except for on except, Sunday. Except for on Sunday, which, believe me, shocked me more than any, 
great time that yeah for for mbt to just absolutely have a filthy filthy game yeah that was, that was good stuff all right well then let's move on to the bc lions um i'll kick this off oh yeah just because you want to get because i think I'd, before i have the best else. answer i have the best answer yeah which is plain and simple i don't care if they got to cut the power flood the field deflate the balls they need to sabotage Nathan Rourke's NFL workouts. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to go that way. <laughs> Wait, I, thought, I, thought the de- I thought the deflated balls helped. You know, I, that's a great question. No, no they uh, want I, to get. I, they want to have a I never NFL thought... tryout deflate gate. Yes, mm, make him yeah. look like a cheater. Exactly. Listen, like I'm not because if he has a bad workout, he can I'm... always come back. But yes. if he cheats during his workout, yes. he's done. He's CFL bound for life. Yeah, sneak him some pot brownies, make him fail a drug <laughs> test. They don't care about that in the yeah, CFL. Get, get, yeah. I, I want give him, him the Josh Gordon, give him the Josh Gordon treatment. I want him to be as healthy as an ox. I don't there's none of this that I, but the key to their future is to make sure that Nathan Rourke does not sign an NFL contract. Um does that seem likely? No. I think as uh Farhan reported today, dude has two dozen teams inquiring about him. Uh, I think the odds are high he's at least going to be at an NFL uh, training camp this year, yeah. which for all intents and purposes means he won't be playing in the CFL um, in 2023, which it sucks and is so stupid. Um, so find out a way to make sure he doesn't make a team because this is the interesting thing. BC's of their offensive skill positions, the only two key contributors who are free agents James Butler and Brian Burnham. So they really have that core in place going into next year. Whitehead, Katoy, Rhymes, Keon Hatcher. Like, please let Nathan Rourke throw to those guys for one more year. And maybe, you know, like 10 more after that. Uh, that's all <laughs> I'm asking. So that's what, that's my homework is, uh, you know, just, just work on some sabotage. That's it. Love it. Tyler, you want to take the next one? Yeah, BC needs to get BC needs to get tougher. I knew this was. I, I could have bet this. There <laughs> well, was. I, I knew this. You, just, you hate no, the BC Lions. I don't defense. hate. I quite literally picked them to win this game. So don't tell me I hate BC or don't believe in BC. So that's no their defense. No, you I hate yeah, their defense. I I do hate their defense a little bit. Also. They just they didn't beat Winnipeg. You know, for all the, the the lauding we do of BC, they didn't beat the Winnipeg once this season. It, it just that is not true. They, when did they beat Winnipeg? With, with it was it was two and one. Yeah, oh. they beat them in week uh, nineteen, I believe. Oh come on, stop it! You were wrong here, and, Tyler. All right, I'm wrong. <laughs> hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> They played, listen, they played, they, they need to get tougher because they played out in the elements and it made all the difference. If this game You was, could t- uh, totally tell that their little fingies were cold. Yes. And it's, and it, <laughs> I agree with that 100%. So, like, they need to get tougher. They, 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 it's clearly affected the way they played their game. And it t- they took too long to get into the game offensively. And it cost them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, they have 13 points halfway through the fourth quarter. And then broke through that awful interception. I mean, just a duck. I mean, into like quadruple coverage. It's terrible. Um, 
so they need to get tougher. They need to be able to. They did. They did not run the ball at all that game. Terrible. Very bad. Terrible running. So to me, if you're asking me, like, I don't think they need to change too much in the personnel wise. I mean, obviously they they would love to return this team for next season. I mean, Keon Hatcher is sick. Dom Rimes kind of kind of kind of a no show in this game. One catch um, for the season that he's had, I should say, kind of a no show. Um, James Butler, James who like just. Dude, that was terrible. that was bad. That was that was shocking. An absolute no show. So I don't know. Butler is more. Uh, maybe they need to look for a, a running back. Oh, no, uh, the dude just had a thousand yards. I know. Season. It's, it's but the, you start nit, You have to nitpick here. You know. It's uh, I. They. How do I? I can say they need to get tougher, but then I and then to offer no suggestions is kind of shitty of me. So you know, they, their defensive backs played all right in the weather. Uh, just. Yeah, they got ran on. They're not. They got ran they all over. Ran on. That's. I mean, they lost by eight points, but I mean, it didn't feel like they lost by eight points. It felt like a lot more. Brady Oliveira just dominated them, yeah, and 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 I'm sorry, but Winnipeg had a better game plan. They they saw the weather outside and they they saw it was frightful. I know. <laughs> Very fair. Fair. Uh, fair. And 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 they saw that weather on the field and they said, okay, we're just gonna run it up their ass, and that's what they did for four quarters. I mean. What do they have? 27, 27, 31 rushing attempts to BC's eleven. It's just not just not good enough. Um, no. So a little too one dimensional from BC in this game, and I think that cost them. So I mean, to your point, like, what do you do? You get a thousand yard rusher, but you have you actually have to commit to the run game uh, at some point. <laughs> I just want to come in here though and comment on this, Tyler, talking about toughness. I think like that is like. That is where the East Coast in you shines through the most. When we're ever doing criticisms, like Matt and I will be like, they need to blitz more. They need to like work on their pass blocking. And yours is always like, not toughness. They're scared. It's always like a personality that flaw that they have within the team. And it's like so personal. It's never X's and O's. It's always just like, it's no, they're, they're failures. It, they're I, scared. I, I think I'm the bit, biggest criticizer of teams that don't don't commit to the run game or or passing out of the. We are a run game pod. We are a run game pod, which is weird. Which is weird. You but think you we, you are a, you are you cut people deep on a personal level. And I find that predictable uh, if you, if you yet wanna, hilarious. If you want to see see that opinion, what is it? The kick return for a touchdown? Just watch that play. That tells you everything about the like. Just the Matt had it said it exactly right. My fingies are cold. <laughs> they didn't want to like. They didn't want to yeah, tackle. You don't, you don't it just did too, too too hard. They don't want. They did not want to tackle. They did not want to tackle Brady Oliveira. No, they didn't, they, they didn't want to tackle on special teams. They just simply did. did the, By the, the way, because I got so many preds wrong in the semis, I do want to highlight that I predicted that special teams would be a game-changing factor uh, in Winnipeg's favor. So, Well, that's get, a good segue because that that's the... You no. get one right. BC did have a uh, special teams uh, forced fumble recovery that led to a touchdown. And they That's did great. have they did have the uh, kick the missed extra point return. So, um, but you know, conceding a blocked punt like how many there have been zero blocked punts. This <laughs> I year. know they're it's really so rare. There was so one rare. Punt to, yeah, there was one I can think of. No, but because punt. okay, and to let it happen in the western final is like in the first don't. quarter i, I the need first possession. I, need, I need i need some so cfl longevity knowledge here is this just because there's not really pump blocks in the cfl generally because the field is wider so you actually want to set up for a return because it's more likely 
that you're going to get a return touchdown and you actually want to commit to the, a good return rather than yeah. go after the ball. That's got to be the reason, right? Because there's not really no there's really no good reason in the CFL to sell out for a block. You might foul the you might get a penalty on the kicker and like why? Like oh, you, which you this... by the way, that that roughing the kicker penalty, I have no idea how that's the rule in the CFL. Cuz everywhere else in football if you hit the ball it, the mm-hmm. kicker can be decapitated, but you got the ball, so there's no penalty. Right. The, the, the way that that roughing the kicker was called on that blocked punt, BC really, really, really got lucky there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but Matt, <laughs> we digress. Continue with your point. No, no, that's okay. So uh, that was that's quick. Just, um, you know, I think with if you if you take away the the special teams mis, mishaps, you know, this is a totally different game. Um, you know, uh, and it was a close game. Like, so I don't know. I, I, maybe this is more of a Winnipeg thing, but I don't think Winnipeg needs to do anything because the, like Winnipeg's thing, they're like my the, perfect the big little problem boys. now is what that, that Zach Caleros is injured yeah. and, and he's struggling. But if the Bombers have proved anything is that they are a team that is capable of winning behind a bad Zach Caleros. Like it's <laughs> true. This is true. So, um, no, I don't know. I, I said last week that Toronto, it was Toronto's game to lose. Um, and they had like basically zero mistakes. They played a great game. Even then Montreal was pretty close. So, um, for this game for, for the lions bombers, I mean, this was the lion's chance to step up. Yes. Um, and, then they really didn't. I mean, they, they went to the air and it just did not work out for him. Rourke was close to 50% in the air. Um, two interceptions, obviously Butler, just nothing. And then the special team mishaps. It was, uh, you know, everything kind of fell apart and did not fall BC's way. So, but I do agree that they're in a good place. Um, so I would say special teams. And then once Cody comes in, ha. You know, really inspires the team. I feel like, to your point, Matt, that final drive was like a perfect encapsulation of what that game was for BC. Just disjointed, nothing going right, and just kind of the plan just falling apart. Totally falling apart. Uh, That was so stressful, watching them waste 20 seconds. And it's like, dude, just just clock the ball. Just like spike it. You you don't have time to use all three downs anyway. Like you're and oh that that hurt my soul. But yeah, BC. Do we let's get a quick pret out here. Is this the last time we see Nathan Rourke play CFL football for the foreseeable future? No, 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 no. no okay, no, I'm talking about I'm no not, foreseeable future. You give us a, not foreseeable a future. I should say, give me. He will not. Will Nathan Rourke? play CFL football in the next three seasons. Yes. I believe Unqu- so, yes. Unquestionably. Unquestionably? I would not say unquestionably. But I, I feel I like think... it's way less likely. I think yeah, I, th- I, mean, I, I think, think the, the NFL the difference is... between him and a guy like Chris Streveler is Streveler's up there to be a um, a playmaker and a and a very uh, a position player basically. I mean he's yeah. basically a running back. With a QB number. He did, I will say, I, in this last preseason with the Jets, he did play more traditional QB role. Okay, um, sure. But yes, 
No, Work is obviously not that Chris Strebler there to compete for starting jobs as yes. a pocket passer. Chris and Chris, yeah, yeah. Strebler would not be in the NFL unless without Taysom Hill doing what he did with the Saints. And we know the NFL is a copycat league, so yes, they brought the Cardinals originally brought Strebler in, I think, to kind of fulfill that uh, or g- give him a chance to fulfill that Taysom Hill role, but. With Rourke, and I said this when we were talking about this a few weeks ago, the N- the QB play in the NFL is just so bad. The, there is no way Nathan Rourke <laughs> can't secure a spot on an NFL roster. Do we need to, a, talk, do we need to, talk, do we need to talk briefly about the XFL announcing its return? Or is that not No, it doesn't matter. Okay. No, it doesn't matter. But, like, Rourke is going to be cheap. Um, he's young. Uh, and he's good. I think that... He, he's going to hang around the NFL for a, for a while. I hope I'm wrong, but I, I just don't see him suiting up. Um, I feel like he's just going to be, you know, hopefully he gets a starting spot, but I think he's good enough to just be a, a backup for, for a while as well, which is lame because if he just doesn't play football for the next five years, I'm going to fight someone. <laughs> probably him, probably Nathan Rourke himself. That'll be my sabotage. I'll get him deported to Canada with an assault charge. Ooh. And then he'll have to play in the CFL. Mm. Plans coming together, boys. All right. Any final words on the BC Lions? Toughen up, Buttercup. <laughs> Matt? I would say that they should take it easy. They Listen, they were play, played a great season. They were all so close. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just go home, lick your wounds, figure out what you're going to do behind the center. And just come out swinging next year. I, like, yes, Rourke is a a huge talent, but the generational, some might say. <laughs> yeah, let's let's relax. But Butler, you know, Butler didn't. You know, uh, you can have anyone hand off to James Butler, and, and he still probably would have got four touchdowns against uh, Edmonton. So, I think there's still hope. I love it. I love it. All right. With that being said, we move on to our CFL award predictions. So, I will say this. Unless we have a disagreement of some kind, we don't need to go into too much detail as to why we're picking one guy or the other. Uh, but I feel like we might have we might have some spicy takes here. With that being said, we're going to kick it off with Coach of the Year. It's Mike O'Shea. Versus Ryan Dinwiddie. Fitting, it's the two coaches that are going to meet in the Grey Cup. Uh, I will go first. Uh, I think, and I'm going out on a limb here, but I think Mike O'Shea is going to pick this one up. I disagree. I think <laughs> Dinwiddie's going to get the nod here. I think I think you're going to, I'm with Matt here. I think Dinwiddie gets the nod. I think the league needs to. How? Not, what? How? Ooh, how? They both led teams to Grey Cups. Yes. Well, okay. A, it's a regular season award. Okay. Oh, yeah, and they don't take into account. Okay. Now, uh, uh, yeah. That, 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 that would be absolutely... You can't stop me. That would be atrocious. They both won their division. Boom. They did. Matt's it bringing would be, up good It points. would be an assault on the senses to say that there's any sort of equality within winning the Eastern Division and the Western Division, let alone, as the Bombers did, 
winning the Western Division comfortably. Now, if you guys had said they're not going to give O'Shea the award because they don't want to give back-to-back Coach of the Year's awards out, that I would understand. Because if we can get a conspiratorial no, side. I, I or if you said they're going to give it to Dinwiddie because they want to give Toronto Coach the award, that I would understand. But there is no deserved on-the-field reason why O'Shea should not get the award. What about because they think that Dinwiddie's the better coach? It would be oh. wrong. It would be fundamentally. Did wrong. you see that? Did you see that Chad, that Chad Kelly play? That was sick. That's pretty good coaching. That was a sick play. It was a sick. Lie. It was a sick how play. Many, how many teams have you coached to a Grey Cup, John? Ooh, maybe glass houses, huh? Yeah, going on 11, 11 and seven in the East. By the way, Ryan Dinwiddie's <laughs> Ryan Dinwiddie's Toronto Argonauts would have gotten fourth in the West. And Mike O'Shea lost three well, games. Well, they just had a stiffer competition in the East. They're just yeah, they're t- a, a they're much grittier, stronger t- division grittier, overall. All right, tougher, well, I guess. Par- parody. You love guess, parody, I but guess, you love parody, and then, we'll you dra- and then you drag parody. So which is it? We'll I'm sure Dinwiddie would have loved to play the Rough Riders and Edmonton <laughs> thrice each. <laughs> yeah, good, instead he had to settle for the, for the Ottawa Red Blacks and Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> Some mighty squads. All right, mentioned, you, <laughs> mentioned, you, meant, you mentioned you mentioned a playoff team in there. That's weird. No, I do think that it's uh, I, your second point. Um, or sorry, your first point of of switching it up. I think I think know, they, that they gave is fair. last year. There's like oh, he did what he did well. He took his team to the crank up and said we're having fun. And I and I think like I not this isn't necessarily even conspiracy, but I think that. Uh, we could, well, I think that there are some optics that are maybe the CFL would maybe consider, and it's not them giving the award, right? You have people voting on this, but I can understand people maybe having a little bit of bombers fatigue at this point, um, especially considering Caleros is going to be MOP. Uh, we, you know, we can talk about the other awards they're probably going to get. So I could maybe understand we're getting maybe this is a little bit a uh, Shakespeare in love type thing. Where they don't give it to Saving Private Ryan, uh, they give to, they give Best Picture to Shakespeare in Love, just so they can even out the awards a little bit. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Let's get on. Move on. Special Teams Player of the Year: Mario Alford versus Chandler Worthy. Matt, who will win this award? Mario Alford. Yes. Mario Alford. It's okay. a sweep. We're all agreed. <laughs> By the way, Janarian Grant showed this weekend why I said he should have been the Western. Um, nominee for this award, but yeah, that's besides the point. Besides the point, I'm not going to say anything more. Obviously, Mario, Mario Alfred, Ronius, Ronius on both accounts is a game breaker, great player. All right, I think he's going to win. Okay, Ooh, this one, I don't know which way this is going to go. <laughs> Rookie of the year, oh, come Dalton Schoen. Yeah, stop it, Tyler. Just stop, just stop talking, Dalton Schoen versus Tyson Philpott. One guy who led the league in receiving yards and the other one who didn't have a 100-yard receiving game all season. Who do you think is going to win this one? For the Tyler. entire CFL. Remember, this is not the entire... This is the entire CFL. Yes. What do you think, Tyler? Rookie yeah. of the year. I think I'm going Dalton Schoen. Right? Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna I, will, have, I, I will also go Dalton Schoen. I'll agree with you guys on that one. Okay. Again, another bomber wins the award. Lineman of the year. Stanley Bryan versus Brandon Revenberg. Sure, yes. Right. 
let's not pretend like we know anything about offensive lineman play. Um, but Whichever team, which, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Uh, I pick the person whose team ran the ball more times. That's that, that would be, yeah. And also like the guy on the offensive line who didn't give up like a bunch of sacks all the time. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That that's the that's the other one. I think one. Bryant wins this one, but yeah. this is my... which team? Which team? Which team is he on? He's on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, their their quarterback didn't get hurt too much this season, so that's good. Yeah, he did pretty well. Yeah. This this would be my maybe my pick uh, as far as the one that they take away from a Bombers player just because they think nobody will notice. Okay, good point. Yeah, I will say it's surprising that a Calgary player didn't get the nod here. Which to me even speaks further to the fact that it's a shoe in for Bryant to win. Because if you pick him as the nominee above three, you know, Calgary obviously had a dominant offensive line. Um, I think people are thinking pretty highly of Bryant's season. Yeah. But again, tinfoil hat is on. Yeah. I mean, Winnipeg was second in sacks allowed. Um, and they had, you know, a great season. From Brady Oliveira, so yeah, it seems like second by second in sacks allowed, they allowed the second fewest. You mean correct? Yes. Okay. All right. MOC most outstanding Canadian. We've got Nathan Rourke versus Curly Gittens. Uh, in any other season, Curly Gittens is the he may he this what an outstanding season he had. Uh, and he's still not going to get the award. Can we all agree Nathan Rourke will be the MOC? Yes. Okay. I feel bad for Curly. I think I, <laughs> I will say I, I would put I would put solid money on the fact that he's going to win this award at some point. Mm. Like he will be an MOC winner. Uh, I, I'm fairly confident in that. Um, but you just you came up against somebody who just was a juggernaut, even only playing. In ten in, or in what was it eight games, ten games, um, yeah, Rourke will win. We're agreed on that. Yep, we are agreed. Okay, let's get into an interesting one. Sean Lemon versus Lorenzo Malden the fourth. Matt, who do you think wins this award? I think you have to give it to Lorenzo. Um, you know, I, I think he just had a, an outstanding season, um, yes. a, a real bright spot for that team, and and just a, a great overall season, regardless of how the rest of the the squad played. Yes, I agree with that. Tyler, do you have a feeling on this? No. Okay. Do you have a pick? No. Interesting. <laughs> I also think Lorenzo Malden will get it. I think specifically you're comparing a pass rusher with a pass rusher. Now, Sean Lemon led the league in forced fumbles with five. So that's, or he's tied for the lead, him and Pete Robertson. Um, So that's huge. But I feel like Malden with the 17 sacks um, to Sean Lemon's 14, I feel like that's a big boost. And then also Malden had like, way more tackles than Sean Lemon. Malden had 43 total tackles to Sean Lemon's 29. Like that I feel like that's a quite a big difference. Um and obviously Malden maybe the lone true bright spot um on that Ottawa Red Black season. So yes, I agree that Malden will get the award. 
Um, Tyler, we're going to need a pick from you here. Lorenzo Molden. Lorenzo Molden. All right. I also... I also think Malden gets this because this avoids a complete Western sweep, and so they're going to throw a bone. <laughs> well, well also, conference. also, no, no, nobody from Sketch deserves anything. That is true. Yeah, Sean Lemon obviously plays for the Calgary Stampeders. Yep. Yep. Okay. Zach Caleros versus Gino Lewis for the M O P. Do we have anybody here to make a case for Gino? I will make a case. I, I don't want to make a case for Gino. I, yeah. I just kind of want to make a case. Don't John. Suma contra Zach Caleros. Okay. I mean, he had a great season. Yeah. I don't know if he had an MOP season. Dalton Schoen. Dalton Schoen had the MOP season on Winnipeg. I'm I'm here to say it right now. We talked about this. He he had the most receiving touchdowns for anybody in over a decade. He led the yeah, yards. Like, like, like if, like, I'm sorry. I, okay, I know that he who threw him the ball, but at some point you have to you have to honor what what the receiver did. It's sort of like when like you play fantasy football and the receiver gets more points for the, the touchdown throw than the quarterback does. All right, I think he made I think he made Zach Claros look really good this season because of how well he played. So I'm sorry, you gotta give it to Dalton Schoen. How many total uh, touchdown passes did Claros have? Claris had 37 So he had an, an, an insane he had, number he had a, of touchdown passes. Yeah, he had a very, very, very good yeah, That's hit. pretty good. Um, no, I think Zach Claros uh, was, what, the second best player on the best team in the league yeah. and more important. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, I think. <laughs> I think that's going to have to be the calculus. I, I, would just love, I, love, I would just love a rookie of the year. MOP season. That'd be sick. If they gave it to Dalton Jones. Well, dude, we almost had, I I mean, if, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You obviously, we almost had the MOC MOP, which was going to be perfect, but a a rookie MOP would be pretty sweet as well. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know how I feel. I'm just going to say it one more time just to drive it in there. Obviously, Nathan Rourke was the best player in the CFL. Can we also talk about uh, Dalton Jones' average yards per catch? Over 20. We talked about this when we were talking about Rookie of the Year. Over 20. Yeah, but I want him to win MLP. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's not going to be him. It could be him. But yeah, I think Caleros gets it done. This is 21 kind of yards a catch. It's not even foregone real. conclusion, basically, since Rourke got injured against Saskatchewan. Um, it is what it is. I, I don't think I'm particularly excited about it. I certainly am feeling that Winnipeg fatigue. Um, I, I'm just kind of done with it. I want some more variety. I want fresh blood. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. They're dominant, and you, you can't take that away from them. And, and they're going to, I think, bring home four awards in this year. Four out of uh, seven, which is which is pretty ridiculous. Um, so good for them. Good for them. All right. Any final words on awards? Um Tyler, you want to say one more thing about Dalton Schoen, or are you going to save something for the uh, the Grey Cup Preds? Uh, Dalton Schoen is sick. Uh, should get Rookie of the Year and MLP, and uh, he's probably going to leave for the NFL too, which sucks. Interesting. All right. You don't put up That's... that kind of season and, and not dip your toes. No, no, no. He'll, he'll get some workouts. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. All right. With that being said, it is now time for our Grey Cup predictions. 
a little little review of the year. The season series went one nothing to Winnipeg. Uh, they won in week four, 23 to 22. Um, it was notable, of course, that they only played one game this year because Andrew Harris was not afforded a, a return trip to Winnipeg uh, to play at home against his or on the road against his former team. Uh, but we now get the Harris Winnipeg showdown in the Grey Cup. So what we're going to do first is highlight a player to watch. We will then highlight a storyline to watch, and we will then make our predictions. As far as player to watch goes, Matt, who do you got? My player to watch is oh, so uh, is going to be Andrew Harris. Um, ah, yes. So last week it was it was AJ Ouellette, Um and for for me it's going to be. I was I will say very impressed by the Toronto run game. And I I know I said this in the group chat, um, but I think really the only wildly successful two back package that any team has run this year. And many, many have tried few have succeeded. It was awesome. Um, It was great. And not only that, but um, AJ really stepping up um, to be the short yardage receiver as well. Um, Obviously he had that, uh, the receiving touchdown, um, that's a powerful asset for Toronto to have. So, um, but obviously, I, I think the run game is going to be incredibly important uh, in this Grey Cup, and you know, for Andrew Harris to to really step up, I'm going to be looking to for a great game out of that guy. I love it, Tyler. Who's your player to watch? The player to watch is MBT. Because this game, this Toronto team can only go as far as MBT is able to to make it happen. So, for me, while it should be, Winnipeg as a team is obviously the better team. So, there are lots of different players to look at on their side. For me, uh, there's more singular focus on one player to sort of make it happen. So, I'm going with MBT. I like that, and I think that's really true. I think MBT probably does have the most personal impact of any player on this game. Whether he, he plays, abil- whether he, whether he has he plays, the ability, yeah, good or plays, bad. Yeah, good or bad, exactly. I don't know. The thing about MBT, and I don't know if I've said this before, he's got a high floor, low ceiling. Hmm. Something to consider. My player to watch is Brady Oliveira. Hmm. Hmm. Against what's the BC. weather? What's the what's the weather? For, can we get a little weather forecast? I think it's going to be 19 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so pretty chilly. Um, it kind of sounds like an Andrew Harris game. I got to be honest with you, dude. Did you watch that? <laughs> yeah, last Sunday was pretty chilly as well, and that was a Brady Oliveira game. The man absolutely stuffed the ball down the BC defenders' throats. Yeah, but uh, BC so could have been tougher. But, Tor- but do we remember where Toronto is from? Where? From the East. Oh, the East is least. Um, But I think Brady Oliveira, because if Brady Oliveira is playing well, that means that Calgary is controlling the clock. That means that they're taking pressure off Zach Caleros. Um, That means they're moving the ball down the field uh, pretty well. So I think Brady Oliveira and, and rocking that running game uh, is is going to be uh, a huge factor in this game, and that's the one I'm going to look for. Yeah. So that being said, we move to storyline to watch. 
Tyler. Can storyline to watch? Can the East hang? That's the storyline. I, I think Toronto is playing for the pride of the entire Eastern Division because <laughs> we've they've been many a many a year. It's been horrible. So um, we also know that Winnipeg gets into to dogfight. Can, you know, Hamilton, Hamilton dragged this into the mud a little bit last season and, and made it a game, in a game that we thought may, probably wouldn't be close. So can Toronto do the same thing? Can they muddy this game up a little bit and, to your point, possess the ball and, and give the Winnipeg offense, make the Winnipeg offense have to score on their drives? Um, uh, that's the, the storyline for me is can, can Toronto make Winnipeg work for it? Okay, Matt, storyline of the game. Uh, my storyline of the game is going to be Zach Caleros. Well, I guess Zach Caleros' ankle. Yes. Um, now, as I said earlier, Winnipeg has shown over a couple seasons that they're able to win Grey Cups when Zach Caleros throws like he did um last week i want to get make sure i get the stat line right zach caleros was 14 for 20 for 178 yards a td and an interception um the wild thing is like that's a stat line that has won gray cups over and over again yes so we know it's possible but um if zach caleros is not able to play i think there's there's certain qualities of Zach Caleros outside of his ability to receive a ball from a, from his, his center and pass it or hand it off that are serious factors to Winnipeg winning football games. Those are qualities that Drew Brown and Dakota Prukop have not, um, have not shown us. We, they've not had the chance. And when they've, they've got in, they, they've not shown that kind of poise um, so there's there's something about Zach Caleros outside of his football prowess that wins football games. And if he's not able to play, how does Winnipeg respond? I love this. I, I do definitely think that a limping Zach Caleros can easily win a Grey Cup, I'm, which is I'm, wild to say. I'm after... concerned about his scrambling ability being compromised because you of know he, he's so incredible rolling out. Yeah. And so I would, I, I would, I, I'm conflicted. Obviously, I, I wish the man to be healthy. Um, part of me says a somewhat compromised Zach Caleros makes the game more competitive, so possibly better for the viewer. Um, another part, though, says like that's no way to end a season is to have it decided when your quarterback um, is is has an ankle injury. How? how what do you? I'll, I'll interrupt. I'll, I'll preempt my own storyline. Do you, how do you guys feel about that? Has the Zach Calero injury made you more excited for the game? Less excited? Not impacted? I don't want. At I all? don't want. I don't want injured people. I don't. Yeah, that's look, that's probably this is, right. This is not a pod where we're going to celebrate injuries. So no, I'm know. not celebrating the injury. As Matt's as a storyline, has the storyline made you more interested? No, I mean, I, I want. That's why I didn't make my storyline about an injury because I don't want the oh, storyline. Moral, you're a moral man. No, I just want the storyline about the, the the Grey Cup to be about an injury. It's just not. Okay. It's just not. Well, I think it's a big story, though. 
Yeah, but it's, I don't want that to be the like I'm tuning into like to see what happens with this injury. I'm tuning in to see uh-huh. if I'm tuning into that, to me the storyline is something like what am I tuning into this game to hoping to see or, yes. or maybe we'll see. And to me, uh-huh. that's why I said Toronto muddying up this game and trying to win it, uh-huh. win it, win an ugly Grey Cup is the storyline. Matt, what about yourself? Obviously, it's your storyline of the game, but has it made you less more? All right. All right. I'll move on to my storyline of the game then, which is can the Argos score touchdowns? Yes. Good cue. Well, you say yes, but the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All season, they proved to have a lot of troubles with that. The Bombers scored the most offensive touchdowns during the regular season. They scored the most total touchdowns during the regular season. Toronto had the second fewest touchdowns of any mm. playoff team, both total and offensively. It was an issue all year long. So you're telling me they can win ugly? They can win ugly against Eastern Conference competition. <laughs> they also dragged they also dragged Winnipeg into the muck before. And almost got away did. with one. They did in week four of this season. But we. Uh, this is the thing. If you want to go blow for blow in a slop fest, you don't want to be playing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Toronto Argonauts simply adopted the slop fest. The Bombers were born in it. Mm. That is their home. And I don't think that's the way that the, the Argos want to go. I think they've got to put points on the board. That's why I agreed with your point. MBT, I think has the most sway of any player. If he can find his receivers, put points early, um, I think that creates a lot of pressure uh, on Winnipeg. I don't think uh, Toronto wants to be uh, slugging it out. And a good way to get in a slug out is, or, you know, a shoot, uh, a slop fest, as some say, is to kick field goals. Uh, can I give, can I, can I give, can I give t- Toronto some due for this season, though? I mean, they've, yes. they, they, they've, this is their this is their points totals every week since uh, since the beginning of September, twenty eight, twenty four, forty five. The really bad stinker against Calgary too. 24. Or excuse me, thirty three, thirty four. They so, they picked it up. So, so like the narrative that they like don't score at all. I mean, yes, that that Calgary game was brutal, but. They put points up. They're not. It's not like they're like out going out there and like getting less than than twenty three, twenty four a game. I mean, those are their worst games basically since September. So you know they're consistently getting in the low thirties. I mean, it's not like they can't score at all. Um, so I, I don't know. I want this. I mean, the stats would bear out that of the playoff teams, they had a bad. They had listen. They had scoring they were the wise second worst at scoring s- touchdowns all season. Scoring wise, they had a terrible uh, July August. And that and that is what's keeping those numbers there. IMO. They so had, they scored twenty four fewer touchdowns than Winnipeg they, this year. Like they didn't even offensive they, touchdowns. I feel like that's a big deal. All right. AJ Olet. <laughs> Why do you not feel like that's a big deal? I'm just trying to listen. I got to play some. Devils you think they're here. past? We, it? You want you want to just slob on on Winnipeg? Go ahead. I'm. Well, I'm they're not. by far the best team this season. I'm not slobbing on them. I feel like I'm being realistic about the outlook of this game. Let's get to Preds. <laughs> Let's get <laughs> to Preds. I think 
I'm glad we're at Preds because I think what's making you so ornery, Tyler, is that you know you've got to make a Pred right now that you don't really want to make. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I want to make it. So with that said, let's open up the Preds for the 109th Grey Cup game. Tyler, who is going to win? The Toronto fucking Argonauts. And tell me why. Because it's it's just the League of Parity has to has to live up to that name at some point. And and this is the game where it does. Uh, Andrew Harris, there's a number of Andrew Harris revenge game, MBT about to show out, Curly Gittens, all these all these Love that, man. all these players who are gonna lose out on awards to the people across the field should have the biggest chip on their shoulder. Nobody thinks that, nobody's giving them a shot, which is even probably better for them, honestly. So let's let's ride with the Argos. I think they, they can win this game. I, I don't have any doubts. They can lock up receivers. We saw them bottle Geno for large portions of that game. I think they can do the same to Shone. Let's not forget that Shone's also a rookie, so it's not as if like he's like, you know, this he's been proving this season after season. They can lock him up, stopping the run Dude, game. Dude, whoa, 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 whoa. After all you've said about Shown, yeah, you now I'm, think he's going to get locked up? I think he could get. He, uh, listen, let me finish. All right, it's my pred. All right, he was right about the Geno pred. John, sit down and listen. All right, I'm listening. You got one mouth and two ears there, but it doesn't mean he had a. Right? It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that Dalton Shown didn't deserve to. Doesn't listen. I they can lock him up. I think they can. Uh, the biggest thing for me is while they're doing that, can they also stop the run game? I think you're right. Brady Oliveira just ate last season, and I'm I'm a little if I'm a, if the biggest thing I'm worried about is that Toronto just is so focused on stopping the pass game that they just get leaned on for four quarters by that Winnipeg O line, and Brady Oliveira is just running for six yards of carry, seven yards of carry, and it and it ends up looking kind of like the 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 first um, Winnipeg Hamilton Grey Cup where where Andrew Harris just bowled over the Hamilton defense. I'm a little worried that that might happen with with Oliveira. Um, but Toronto has... The, th- the thing with Toronto that probably helps them is they don't have uh, one receiver who they can key in on. Uh, it's a little more spread across the field. I'm hoping... Come on, Speedy B. Just for one... For old times, Speedy B revenge game. For taking that would his, be big. For taking his Grey Cup in his best season. Um uh, th- Toronto has all the access to grind, and I hope that that's enough to get them there. I I just hope that Winnipeg's fat and happy, uh, been chilling for a long time, just beat BC, and is a little just sort of presumptive that going into this game that it's just it's their Grey Cup. Uh, Toronto is going to be hungrier, and uh, I-, I have to go with Toronto. Yes, Toronto. Okay. It's Toronto. I've been on Toronto all season. It's got. I, I have to stick with it. Okay. Okay. Let me guy let me tell y'all a story. I was getting home from the grocery store today. I pull into my parking spot outside my apartment. And the car parked across from me. Oregon license plates. I won't say the first three numbers. <laughs> but the final three letters M B T. Ooh. Oh my god. And I'll be honest, for a minute there, I was like, holy shit. But then I remembered I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff. 
And I'm picking the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because they're a better team and they're going to run the ball all over the Toronto Argonauts on Sunday. But I'll be honest, I was sh- shaken to my core for a quick moment. <laughs> but it's the Bombers for me. If, if MVT goes out and throws like 400 yards and three touchdowns oh, and they win, you're going to be like... I'm going to be shook. I'm going to be shook. I think the Bombers get the job done. I think they're the better team. Uh I, I think this game has all the makings of an absolute, absolute slopper. It's going to be, I think, a really, really fun, exciting game. I cannot wait. Um, but like I said, I think that that is where the Bombers are comfortable. Can I also say that I think, the, I think the crowd will be mostly pro-Toronto, yes or no? No. Okay. I don't, I mean, you would think that. Obviously, you, if the if the assumption is that the crowd is mostly uh, Saskatchewan fans that they'll root against uh, the Bombers, but I don't think that anybody really loves the Argonauts in the CFL. Okay. I mean, I will I say do. I, this, I, I do, but yeah, yeah. I mean, my last thing on my pred is that I will I'm just going to say it now. This is the least desirable Grey Cup matchup I could think of. Of any combination of no, the I think teams I, in the I league. think El, I think Elks versus uh, versus Ottawa would be the worst. I think it would be awesome. A storied franchise in the Elks versus a <laughs> relatively new. Now it's you know Winnipeg, who I'm tired of, and Toronto, who I just generally don't really like all that much. Um, Lame. Although I do, I will say, you know, I love the players for Toronto. Hate the team. Uh, but the Bombers get it done. That's all I got to say. Matt, you're hot, by the way, in Preds. Scorching <laughs> no, I, hot. I, I went one and one this week. I, I had I had Montreal. So, you know, in the last few weeks, maybe I'm six and two. You know, maybe that's 75%. You know, maybe that's 750. Not bad. Who's to say? Not uh, bad. I'm going to... Now... I, I did. I, I got on the bad side of some really great Preds early, right? Yes. And then I got on the bad side of some really bad Preds trying to claw my way back. Um, I have done much better and have clawed back above 500 by just saying that Winnipeg is the best team in the CFL. Yep. And they're going to go and win their third Grey Cup. Yes. What do you want me to say, guys? No, I mean, it's that simple. It's that simple. Stop being being lame. (laughs) All right. It's that simple, Matt. I mean, do you even want to elaborate? Did Peter pick Winnipeg? Uh, Peter is not predded yet. Okay. I I, I would have to imagine he's going to pick the Blue Bombers. Um, Do we want to put out a score prediction? He should protect his assets and and just pred Toronto. No, but I feel like he cares about getting it right more than he cares about winning the Preds pool. Mm. Yeah, he kind of stumbled back assward into <laughs> leading the Pred pool. <laughs> like it's, he am- barely... it's, am- it's amazing. I will say, though, Peter will send me a text every now and then just being like, cannot wait for this game. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> liar. <laughs> liar. Liar. <laughs> That's what he was like this weekend. He liar. was like, West Finals is going to be lit. And I was like, <laughs> What? You haven't been on the pod for eight years. Yeah, liar. So, big, that's, big live vibes. No, it's pretty money. Um, we'll get Peter on here. Peter will be, I think, a full participant next season. Yeah, it'll be easier. It'll be easier. Score predictions. 
This is important. This is huge. I think uh, I'll, put me I'll, left, put me left, put me I'll left. kick it off. I think that Winnipeg is going to win by a score of 25 oh. to 22. Ooh, that's wow. a good one. That's close. I was going to say 34-21. Oh, that's a big win. It's a big win. They're five and a half point favorites, just if anybody was wondering. Winnipeg. It is a big win. That's a big win. Interesting. 34-21. I like it. Tyler? The, the Argonauts of Toronto will be the Blue Bombers of Winnipeg by a score of 29-28. to 28. Oh, I'd be I'd be all right with that. I can see my I can live with that. And it will be a, it will be a rouge that decides the the game. That'll be rouge. God, if if this game is decided by a rouge, oh, I will be so happy. Oh my oh. god! Imagine a punt off rouge, dude, with at least six punts either way. The masses will oh lose. Oh my god! I would be so happy, especially I especially in that scenario. Would want Winnipeg to win because all the CFL haters in Toronto would maybe their heads would explode if the Argos <laughs> lost on a rouge punt off. You know, if that happens next year, is four downs. Yeah, we <laughs> cannot afford to have the Argos lose like deep. this. Absolutely. How far? All right, the last thing I'll ask we've got our preds out, we're rolling. You know how I feel that the league has some bias towards the Argonauts. I'm preparing myself for some tomfoolery with the officials this weekend. Um, have, does anybody feel like that's a possibility or are, are we thinking it's just no, going to be a fair gonna, square it's, game? It's going to be fair and square. I do have a question about okay. the, the, the tiebreaker though. Is it based on the gap between the teams? So like my number is one um, or is it based on like team totals? I always assumed it was based on, yeah, that's hard, tough to say. I don't know. We'll have to talk about that's that. A great question. <laughs> Tyler, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Yep. We're going to talk about that. And if there is a tiebreaker, you loyal listeners will figure out what it was when we get back here next week. So any final words before we send these people off to enjoy their weekend and sit down for the 109th Grey Cup game? I'm sad. Tyler is sad. I don't want the season end. I love the pod. I love it. I love talking CFL football every week. So. I'm just ready for the next season to begin. I know it's just that's the we as you know that's the part of it too. It's like okay, when, when's the next season starting? Oh, we got to wait all the way till June. It just seems so far from now. I know. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. It, it, it's always that bittersweet feeling. Bittersweet. But at least be... at least the world at least the World Cup is starting as soon as this this season ends, right? Like at least we got we got something. Yeah. Matt, final thoughts? Oh, I am sad that the CFL season is coming to a close. Yes. It has been great. Uh, I, I think it's, it's been an amazing you know season of three down football. Um, I'm excited more excited about this gray cup than I think I've been about the last couple. Um, just seemed like squads that are really invested in it um toronto i think has a great opportunity to light a fire under um 
under their fans and under the their fandom within the city yes. grow their prestige. Um, I think you know, anything short of a blowout will do that. I think a hard-fought um, loss will do a lot to increase the prestige of that team in Toronto, um, increase the interest in the team, and um, especially the rivalry between Hamilton. So I think there's a lot of upside there. And then obviously... And Winnipeg's just great. I mean, they're they're actually fun to to root for. It's fun to watch a team that is nearly impeccable execute well and win football games. This is true. This is true. My final word will be about Mr. Jagarin Davis, who's going to his sixth straight Grey Cup. This is the third different team he's been a member of that's gone to a Grey Cup. He went to a couple with Hamilton, a couple with the Stampeders, and now he goes to his first with the Argonauts. Um, it's gotten to a point where it's no longer um, kind of a cutesy tradition. Jagera Davis should be the highest paid player in the CFL next year. He's the only guaranteed way to make it to a Grey Cup. Uh, and with that being said, I cannot wait to take in all the action this Sunday. I bid you all adieu. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the festivities. Peace out.